Welcome to season six of the Coach Pony podcast. We are here to help you get paid to coach and sometimes to find clients you just need your questions answered. In this very cheesy 80s theme season of the podcast, join me, Christy Mims, a career and business coach, and Bobby Palmer, a dating coach, as we answer your burning questions about your coaching business so you get more paying clients. Because after building six and seven figure businesses of our own, we've learned a few things. So with that, let's get down to business. Welcome back to the Coach Pony Radio Hour. I'm so excited for us to dive in and tackle more questions today. And so we're going to go to the phone line, which, by the way, already blinking. So first caller, you are on the air. What is your question? Hey, Coach Pony. My name's Brad, and I'm calling in from the premiere of Back to the Future. Have you heard of this movie? Do you know if Michael J. Fox makes it back to the future okay? And what year am I in exactly? Anyway, I'm a new coach, and I'm looking for ways to find clients. I don't have an online presence yet, but I am thinking of accessing my local network. What do you think? Is this a good idea? Do you have any ideas? Bobby, this is an interesting question in today's digital online world, but what's your hot take? Can someone find clients locally? Super, yes. This is <laughs> such a great question. I can't wait to talk about it. And my hot take is I agree with Bobby. Absolutely. <laughs> you can you can find clients locally. So Bobby, I actually want you to go ahead and dig in. So tell me, new coach, no website. What are your ideas for this person to find clients locally? Okay. One reason I love this so much is I actually did it and it was great for my business. So as a new coach, when, yeah, I didn't have that online presence, I did a lot of local talks uh, in coffee houses. I looked, you know, as a dating coach for women over 40, datelikeagrownup.com. I looked for women's groups that were meeting locally. I spoke there. I spoke at some like single sailing groups um, and meetups. I created a meetup, all really great for lots of reasons that I think we'll talk about a little further. Which was your favorite of all of these things you just listed? Probably meetup. Uh, I did a meetup for quite some time. I also did a meetup. So, but I did not do it for quite some time because I ended up moving fairly quickly after I started it. So meetup, meetup.com, of course, everyone, you can start your own meetup. And when you do, meetup emails a bunch of people who have signified interest in those topics that a new meetup is starting. So you kind of get a little great promotion for your meetup when you first launch it. So Bobby, tell us about your meetup. My meetup was called Grown Up Girls Night Out. And uh, now this was quite some time ago, so I don't know currently if they charge or, you know, what the process is. But I do know that it's still very, very popular. So um, it was a monthly meeting. You go in. I mean, you can go in and create any meetup you want. The first couple times or a few times I did it in a restaurant. And then we moved, which is funny. Same thing. We moved, which actually allowed me to do it in my home. Uh, so you could do it either way. I have anywhere from about a dozen to sometimes 30 women. Wow. And I always had an agenda. I always had, you know, a, a topic for the event, what I was going to talk about. And there was always Q&A. 
and there were always little nibbles. You know, I'd invest a little bit in little nibbles. So I didn't charge. I did it for probably well over a year and a half. I ended up charging like $10 to pay for like the food and the wine and so forth because you got to have wine. With the <laughs> but before that, I didn't charge at all. And it really helped. It, not only did it help me get some new cl- some clients, which was obviously great. I learned so much. I learned so much about what women were thinking and feeling. I mean, I had my own personal experience, but this was a great way to get a group together. It's kind of like a focus group in a way if you manage it correctly. So not only do you get clients, you help people, but you also get to learn so much that helps your business. And it was a really good start to my business. Yeah, I um, started a meetup as well. And my memory is it was a pretty nominal fee. It was like 20 bucks a month or 20 bucks for a few months or so. I mean, really pretty nominal. And meetups I attended just as a random person in my city, sometimes you chip in a dollar or something. I mean, that was how nominal the fee was. And mine was called Recess. And I partnered with a health coach and we invited adult women to take some time to go on recess and kind of take some breaks from their lives and careers and go on a long walk with us and just chat and meet other women. And as a part of that, we you know, would talk a little bit about what we did and it was a way for us to network and meet clients. But to recap for you, Bobby, you did it once a month. You had a topic in mind. You hosted people often at your house. You provided wine because this was a girl's night out, which was a nice tie-in to your date like a grown-up. Grown-up girl's night out. I like the tie-in. And then how did you how did you offer your coaching at these meetups? What how did you make that transition? I had uh, like flyers printed out. I mean, this was a long time ago. It was an hour long. And then during that hour, I would seed a little bit, like, you know, talk about some private coaching clients that had the same experiences that I helped. I would talk about, you know, in my private coaching, this is something that we really dig into because I know it's, you know, really big challenge for single women over 40. And then at the end, I would do a really soft offer of, hey, if you're interested in talking to me more, just, you know, stick around and let's have a conversation. By then, because you're in person, you can create, you really can create this really personal experience. So the value of it, I mean, people love high touch. That's as high touch as you can get. And so the real value of it was by the end, most, if not all of them, just really, really felt a connection with me. So making the offer of doing private coaching was really simple. You said something really important, which is people value high touch. And I know a lot of us want, you know, the whole on demand and passive income and all that other stuff. First of all, no income is passive. You have to work for it. But secondly, if a new coach starting out, I mean, really nothing replaces anything you can do that's personal in terms of quickest sales. Like Mm -hmm. people were in Bobby's house. It would have been rude if they were on their phones or not paying attention, of course. So they were actually able to really absorb her wisdom. She was able to talk to them on the spot if they were interested and answer questions. This is something someone might have scrolled past her LinkedIn post about something, but they just saw her speak. And she's like, hey, got a question? You know, want to want to work with me or just chat more? Let's do it. I mean, it's so much easier to just wander over and ask something and then get involved in conversation and realize you need her help, right? It's so important when you have someone's attention and it's getting harder and harder to get that. So one of the great things about not being online is it forces you to kind of do things more in person and you get more people's um, direct attention in that way, which can support you as a coach. So I'm going to skip over coffee houses because we're going to come back to that. Women's groups is another thing you suggested, Bobby. And you're able to Mm. say women's groups because you knew your niche and your niche was grown up women. So, of course, 
you targeted groups that had your demographic in them. If you don't have a niche, it's harder to market your business, you guys. Mm -hmm. Please find a niche. How did you find these women's groups? Tell me more about this. It was pretty easy to find groups with my target audience in there. So women's groups were pretty easy. I could use Google, but I also had some friends slash colleagues who were coaches who had a target market like mine. So maybe it wasn't 100% like mine, but within it, there were a lot of single women over 40. There were entrepreneurial groups for women that really were helpful for me, that I did a lot of presentations for them, and a lot of groups that were like the single sailors groups. I lived by the ocean, so there were several sailing groups. And those were actually co-ed presentations, which were really, really fun. And then I could just offer, hey, I work with women and, and you know, here's what I do. Again, I did forget at the beginning, and Christy, you can relate to this. Remember, when you get in front of a group, make sure you get their information so that you can continue having a relationship with them, right? You've done this, right? Yes, absolutely. Oh, you're yeah, so excited just, to be there. And then you're like, crap, yeah. I can't follow up with anyone. Yeah, I just talked to 50 people and I don't know who they were. Yeah. So it also is a really good, it's how I built my list, right? So mm -hmm. anyway, that's something to remember when you do get in front of a nice group. Yeah. And so I started my first business, which I still own, the Revolutionary Club, which is career coaching for smart women. So I had a similar demographic to Bobby, but I was across the entire country. I was on the other side of the country. I also found women's groups and I just looked on Twitter and um, Google and local newspaper and all sorts of stuff and just was searching on like women career, women career conferences, women in technology. I was looking for industry groups as well that might have a meeting or a chapter. Fortunately, I was in Washington, D.C., which I realized is an advantage. It's a large city. So I had a lot of options. Women in Wine is a group that I attended. I thought about women oh, in I like that one. Yeah. And they were fun. Very friendly. Um, but I thought I thought about all of that stuff. I tried to get creative with my search. Mostly I was thinking, where are professional women, whether it's doing something related to their jobs or just something that I think professional women would enjoy and how can I meet them that way? So I really mm -hmm. cast the net wide myself and I was able to come up with a lot of stuff. Even I attended even some like small business groups, some jewelry parties, <laughs> like things like that. I mean, I really tried to get creative. One other thing for me that was a really great resource was Meetup, just FYI, because I went to Meetup and looked at all the singles group, of which there were many. I spoke in front of many, many single groups. In fact, I traveled several places around the country after having, you know, getting invitations to speak to singles groups. So Google's great, but Meetup, sometimes depending on your audience, you can really target very specifically. That's a nice segue to Eventbrite, which you can use just as Bobby described. It's a really great way to find local events in your town or city or within, you know, a drivable distance to you. And you can just search on Eventbrite or Meetup, actually, but Eventbrite the way you would search on Google, you know, Career Conferences Women, Oakland, Career Conferences Women, Detroit, whatever it might be. Um, and just see what you come up with. And again, you're going to have to get a little bit creative, but there's a lot of stuff there. It's a super easy thing to to use. And I'd really recommend you attend uh, before just trying to launch your own thing on Eventbrite um, before you have an audience. Meetup's a little different. It's trying to bring people together in the same way. I mean, Eventbrite is facilitating that as well, but they're really facilitating people paying for events, I think, in many cases. Mm -hmm. So um, while you can do that, I would start by attending other people's events and getting to know them. And then you learn the platform and 
figure out your style and approach, and then you can think more about bringing people together on a place like Eventbrite. But lots of food for thought here. And then, Bobby, we hit, you'd, you'd listed networking as something you did. So talk to me more about that, because there's lots of ways to do networking, of course. I think I'm going to T.O. this back to you, Christy, because to be honest, I did a lot of it. It's not my um, favorite thing because I'm not as good at it as you are. So let's lob it back to you. <laughs> I love that. And that's a lot. You're very good at it. But I am also always happy to talk about networking because it was a huge part of my business in the beginning and remains so today. So when I first started as a coach, I was living in Washington, D.C., and I didn't really know almost any other coaches, just a couple people from my certification program, but no one who was really successful. And I didn't know that much about the industry. So I reached out to everyone in my network in terms of close friends and family and people I thought would respond and asked them, who should I meet? Who should I know? Who should I talk to? Do you know of anyone? And I was positioning it not as like, who should be my client, but more like, I'm trying to learn about this industry. I'm new to it. I just want to increase my network and meet interesting people. And so, you know, several people responded. And if they did, I said, oh, that's so awesome. Would you mind introducing me? And so, of course, they were happy to. And that led to me um, meeting some interesting people. And I either, first off, tried to take them for coffee. That was my first thing. So we could meet in person. Or I would just say, hey, could we meet over the phone for even 20 minutes and just let me ask you some questions? I'm just looking to learn more about this industry. And it really was a shot of confidence for me to meet different coaches in different niches who are successful in doing it and hear a little bit about their stories and start to just build my network in my community. The other thing I did in Washington is I forced myself to go to events that catered to my women. And as you know, we talk about Twitter and, and, and meetup and everything. So I really got into that, um, looking at the local paper. And I attended events that friends and acquaintances threw that I might not have gone to normally because I'm lazy and I don't like rush hour and things like that. So, you know, everything from my graphic designer's uh, Christmas party to um, some other things, I would just force myself to attend. And when I did, when I went to those events, I had a goal of having like two real conversations. So I wasn't trying to meet a ton of people. I was just trying to really connect with a couple of people. That was really useful. It led to referral partnerships. It led to speaking engagements because speaking is how I really started to build my business in the beginning. And it was really effective. And then when I moved to San Francisco, I kind of had to start over because my network in DC was very, very local. But at this stage, I knew I wanted to build a bigger online business. So I decided to network not just in the city, but also, you know, online a little bit and build relationships with people, you know, across the country and internationally. So I did the same thing I did in Washington. I knew I knew way less people, so it was much harder. But I looked for events that catered to women or just events that I thought would be interesting at all. Because again, I was just trying to meet people and build my network. I wasn't, you know, pushing hard to sell anyone on anything. I was just trying to build a community because I knew if I was focused on relationships, business would come. Um, and, you know, I went to events and if I, I tried to have one or two really great conversations and if I connected with someone, I invited them to lunch or to coffee. And if we continued to connect, I tried to continue to build that relationship. And again, it brought me, man, I mean, I, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars probably in referral bonuses just from people I've met this way. And then I also used Google and I started to target career coaches in particular because that was my number one business at the time. I still have that business. I used Google and I, you know, reached out to them online if I found someone cool and I introduced myself and I complimented them and what I really liked about their business. And then I asked if we could just have a quick call. I said, you know, I'm starting to build my business. I've got a certain clientele. Perhaps we could have a partnership or something else. I don't know, but I would love to hear more about your success if you don't mind. 
And a lot of people said yes. You know, I wasn't targeting really, really big names. I was targeting coaches who I thought were somewhat more successful than me, but not so successful they were too busy to talk to anyone. Uh, and yeah, I built my network that way. And I did the same thing when I met someone. I said, who else should I talk to as the way to close out the call? And they would often introduce me to someone else. So and then, of course, I paid it forward when um, someone did that to me as I got more successful as well. Um, you know, a lot of times in the beginning, it's just showing up and attending attending events and just being out there and just making friends without really trying to push your agenda it can go a really, really long way. Would you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. Another great thing to do with networking is to join some Facebook groups with your demographic and then see if anyone's local to your area and suggest a small group meetup or just a coffee and get it from um, online into the real world. That's another way you can kind of network and build relationships. So there's mm. There's so much more we could discuss here. This isn't just a podcast about networking, but just to give you ideas, you can get creative. I think there's a lot between the meetups, the women's groups, the Eventbrite, and networking. A lot going on. So we need to check in with station identification. When we come back, I want to talk about Bobby's story of her coffeehouse experience, because that's another thing you mentioned, local places. So we'll take a quick break, and then we'll come back, and Bobby's going to spill the tea. We'll be back right after this message. The TikTok dances, the Instagram reels, the endless LinkedIn connections. Ah, that does it. Couch school, take me away. Lose your cares in your coaching business by joining Couch School. It's free weekly business training you can do from your couch. Designed to help you start and grow your coaching business. And it's delivered right to your inbox on Sunday mornings. Pamper yourself and your business. Go to www.coachpony.com to sign up and feel better now. That's coachpony.com. Okay, and we're back. So, Bobby, you had mentioned you also used coffee houses, and we haven't actually talked about that yet. So tell me a little bit more about your coffee house experience. Yeah, this was uh, quite early on. And where I lived, and I think it's really common now, there's a coffee house like on every block. Yeah, forget cities and towns. There's going to be a local coffee house. Uh, you don't want to be like, you know, Starbucks, maybe not. You want to be at more of the more intimate, like, you know, family-owned-ish, small-owned places because they're not noisy. I literally walked and walked and walked blocks and blocks and blocks through my area and just went and asked to talk to the owner or the manager and explained who I was. And then I, you know, lived in the neighborhood and here was my audience and here's what I talk about. And can I have an hour? And that I would do all the marketing, but if they would, that would be great too. So a lot of times they had mailing lists and they put up flyers for me, but sometimes I had to track all the people. And that was another way, just like meetups, another way to get really nice local clients. And again, the benefit of being face-to-face -face with people and then face-to-face -face with these clients who are local. You know, I work with women all over the world, so I love the opportunity to talk to somebody in South Africa. But when you're face-to-face -face, getting to know them and then face-to-face -face coaching them, especially when you're new, you learn so much. So you can really help people. What you learn is incredibly just invaluable to your business forever, forever. Yeah. I, that experience is really unique. So how did you get this opportunity to speak at these coffee houses? What did you do to introduce yourself and start to set that up? 
I literally just walked in in the middle of the day kind of thing, asked for the owner or the manager. And I had a, like a, something in writing, a little printout flyer thing um, that talked about a little bit about myself. It had a little bio and a list of topics. And I said, you know, I'm a dating coach for women over 40. And I know there's so many, I personally know so many people in our area that need my help. And I coach people locally. And it would be a great way to bring people into your business. So, you know, what's in it for them, right? Like start with what's in it for them, meaning the owner. How am I going to bring them business? Literally just say, here, you know, here's some topics. It's about an hour. And I mean, I'll bring people in so they know that you're here. There were some that just went, mm, no, it's not for us. And I'd be like, great. You know, what kind of coffee do you have? And I'd sit and have a cup of coffee or I'd move on. But it's hitting the bricks. You know, it's yeah. really old fashioned hitting the brick stuff and just chatting with people in your neighborhood. What I love about what you said uh, is that you made it a win win. Sometimes when we're new coaches, we're really so desperate for clients, which, by the way, totally normal. Bobby and I have both been there. But you forget that it's not just about you. It's about these other people. Why should they help you? And so Bobby was like, I will bring people to your coffee house. And my guess is you also were like, I'll bring people to your coffee house on maybe like a Tuesday night when it's quieter or exactly. something. So she was giving them more customers who would be ordering drinks. And they were actually providing their customers with a slightly different experience, too. So it's really just a win-win all the way around, which is what mm -hmm. I love about this. So something for you guys to keep in mind when you're out there locally, you know, you can really help your small businesses by bringing people to them if you are trying to get a little bit organized and, and using them as a base to give a talk or have an informal meet and greet or something. Yeah. And you brought this up earlier, which is a really good point. You know, these days, everybody focuses on virtual. Everyone focuses on, you know, creative virtual training so you can get tens of thousands of people. And, you know, and that's great. But again, when you're a newer coach, you have a lot of decision-making. You have a lot of learning to do. You have a lot of things that are going to be coming your way. I'm so glad we're talking about this because I think people just forget this, that this is even an option and an opportunity. Um, I hope today we've convinced you listeners that this is another way to go that you may not think about. And while it's not big numbers, it's really big benefit for, for you. If you can absolutely support yourself as a coach without having a huge online presence or being on social media or doing all that stuff that everyone says you should do. We are here to help educate you and inform you that there are other options. Just make smart decisions that suit you and your business. And so with that, it's time for us to check in with our sponsors of the show. As you know, we are sponsored by Chocolate and Awesome. So the chocolate today, and let me preface this by saying I'm trying to eat healthier, which is hard, is a sugar-free <laughs> chocolate chip banana bread individual serving. So real fast, take like a Nutribullet or a blender, put in half a banana, half a cup of oats, like rolled oats, a fourth of a cup of whatever milk or dairy or oat milk or soy milk that you want, a fourth teaspoon of baking soda, an egg, blend it all together put it in a little ramekin, cover it with chocolate chips. I also like to add cinnamon and um, pumpkin pie spice and a little sea salt. Cover it with sea salt as well. Bake for about 20 to 25 minutes. 
and it is awesome. It tastes, it's, it doesn't taste as good as real banana bread, but it is almost as good. And there's no sugar except for the chocolate chips, which you can add as many of as you feel like because chocolate is a vegetable because it's from a bean. And the awesome today is couch school. If you are sitting on your couch and you're like, I just want to learn how to run a business, but not actually get dressed, we're here for you. Sign up for Couch School. It's free. It's delivered to your inbox every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. your time, and you'll find one awesome insight and one awesome action to help you grow your coaching business. So join 20,000 other coaches on Couch School and sign up at coachpony.com forward slash couch dash school. That's coachpony.com forward slash couch dash school. Couch School. We'll be right back. We've talked a lot, Bobby, so I just want to recap some of our more salient points about how to find clients when you're not online and you're not ready to necessarily get online. So what's the first thing people should do, Bobby? Think about meetup. Consider creating a meetup so you can bring people together. And in addition to meetup, consider also Eventbrite, mm-hmm. networking with friends and family and just general people, and also potentially going to your local small businesses. And any final thoughts, Bobby, to recap? Just do it. Really consider this. Consider this as a reality. It may seem really small, but again, like I said earlier, a thousand times, the payoff can be really big. I think it's time for us to check in with the calling board because I am seeing it lighting up over here, Bobby. So let's go ahead. Caller number two, you're on the radio. Thanks for listening. You're awesome, coach. 